0: Steelers fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers War Room. I'm your host of this weekly show, Matt Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, as they look to put together a winning roster uh, in 2021 and beyond, of course. And look, really, really excited to be able to bring you this show. Really, really excited. We're coming up to Christmas. We're coming up to the crux of the season. We're coming up to whether the Steelers are going to make this final playoff run um, you know, in, in terms of winning the next couple of games. They beat, obviously, the Tennessee Titans. We're going to talk about a little bit about that in today's show, as always, with the terms of the rookies' performance. Uh, they've got, you know, Kansas City coming up this weekend or a couple of days after, depending on COVID uh, situations at the moment. And then, of course, they, they have Cleveland at home before going and playing away uh, to the Baltimore Ravens to close out the season. And who knows? They're still in it. for They have seen and They're still in it. Uh, in terms of going in for the playoff run and it 's becoming incredibly tight um as I record you know the time frame that I record this podcast it 's becoming incredibly tight in the a f c when you 've got people like the bills you know chasing for you know, the AFC East against the Patriots. You've got, you know, the Colts and Titans, you know, a game difference now. Uh, the Colts are eight and six. Uh, you've got the Raiders there at seven and seven. You've got the Miami Dolphins who have won, I think it's six on the trot um, or five on the trot. Uh, they're the seven and seven, I think as well. So it, it's really starting to get tied together. As always, it, it's really important that I highlight what other what other sort of shows and content you can hear from behind the still curtain. Your one-stop shop, non-stop shop for all things pittsburgh steelers uh, so behind the is where you'll find all the written articles from guys like uh you know jeffrey benedict and dave schofield the editor senior editor jeff hartman michael beck the deputy editor brian anthony davis big bro sco does the knee jerk reactions kt smith um andrew wilbar uh you know and uh shannon white uh, Tony Duffio you know the whole crew I'm sure I might have left someone out my apologies Um there but you know all the articles are there and then on the audio side you've got morning noon and and the night shows if you like, um, including my touchdown under with Mark or Mark and my touchdown under, which goes live on a Saturday evening in the U S we record it Sunday morning live on YouTube. Um, and then of course it goes onto the audio side. Um, and then you've got all the Jeff's, you know, let's Rides, Dave's Stat geek, um, Jeffrey Benedict's, you know, on the cutting room floor, floor. you've got the Ohioans um, with their, you know, rank show. Um, you've got uh, Jeremy Betts with the, with the fantasy football fix shows, um, the the Scobo show, you've got know your enemy, you've got the Steelers preview, you've got the Hangover, um, the the pre and post game shows, uh, the the press conference coverage, the injury reports. Um, the you know, everything in between, I think I've covered it all <laughs> after a minute and a half. But needless to say, you know, it, it's COVID times. People spend time away from family. People don't want to travel. People are finding it hard to travel. It's the winter in the US as well. Um, Environmental factors at play um for everyone around the world. And so you might not be with a lot of family, but you can be with your VTSC family uh this holiday season. So, you know, look forward to a lot of content coming with you uh by the time you listen to this. Uh, you know, I think I don't think Mark and my um, Merry Christmas special will be out yet. We just recorded that a couple of hours ago, so that was exciting there. Um, it's probably a little bit different to a lot of people's as well. And we tried to keep it a bit of a relaxed vibe, a bit of a holiday vibe there. Uh, but I hope you enjoy that. So today's show, and so, yeah, I I should say our our Sunday show is going to be going live on Christmas Day in the evening, so perhaps people will have finished um, from their Christmas Day, you know, events with family. They might be travelling home from it. You might be travelling to it if you're going between different people's houses, or you might be sitting at home stuffed full of food or you might be preparing the last bits of christmas dinner if you don't have christmas you know lunches instead um you know i know a lot of americans celebrate things on christmas eve as well and a lot of traditions so you know we'll be going live maybe you can get a couple of family members in front of it mark and i always keep a pg um, as well so you know really excited to hopefully have some new um listeners particularly from the audio side uh, and you don't usually get to join the video um sort of side of things for youtube perhaps it's one for you so, look, on today's show, we obviously do the usual. We'll uh, go through the rookie report from the Tennessee Titans game. And then I'm going to have a look at a couple of those key contributors and where they're sort of sitting in the NFL rankings at the moment as well. Uh, I thought that would be an interesting, you know, discussion for us to have um, from that perspective. And then we're going to obviously preview the KC's, rookies, uh as well and then i've got a couple of if we can get there because i feel like this is going to be quite a bumper show i keep promising we'll get there um you know but it's really important but that, that i would like to try and cover two college players um that i did a bit of previewing uh for and a bit of prep work around but i'm very conscious about oh i do have players prepared each time i do these shows sometimes we get talking and you know it's down to getting getting the business end of the season and. You know, it's sort of an interesting one with different bowl games coming up and different invites, people declaring and not declaring and all the rest of it. Um, You know, we're sort of in an interesting phase where I can't necessarily completely do a way too early preview, but it's not close enough that some of these guys are going to opt in. They're going to opt out um, where they're sitting in the rankings and what have you. So I do have two players prepared. Uh, but we'll see if we get there because it depends how we get going. I think I'm already like four or five minutes into this show already. So we'll just see how we're how we're traveling from that perspective. But look, obviously, interesting game here against the, the Tennessee Titans. The Steelers come away with the win, 19-13. We know it's pretty clear from, you know, everything you would have heard since since the game, even though the Steelers are 7-6-1 and one now, uh, you know, it was a pretty average performance. Uh, from the Pittsburgh Steelers, from the offense, um, you know, 17 you know, rushes for 35 yards, one TD, 12 first downs, 16 and 25 passing completions for 148 yards, no TDs, no interceptions, three sacks for 15 yards total, net passing yards, 133 total yards, 168, five penalties for 30 yards, third down conversions, two of 11 Uh, No forced down conversions attempted, um, therefore no issues there. Time possession, Tennessee had 39 minutes and eight seconds, and we had 20 minutes and 52 seconds. I mean, it's just unfathomable that they come away with the win, but that's what turnovers are. You know, when you commit turnovers, uh, that's going to be a real problem uh, for you from that perspective. Um, And, you know, According to Pro Football References, expected turnover, um, expected points contributed by turnovers and offense, minus 16.14. That's incredible. Um, you know, and, and that costs them the game. You know, they, they lost by six. 16 points is the difference there. Uh good on Chris Boswell for banging them over. Um, you know, but from that perspective, as always, Najee Harris, uh, you know a contributor that didn't probably had his worst game for the Steelers with 12 attempts for 18 yards, a long of seven. He had five targets, two receptions for eight yards, long of five. Pat Freemuth obviously went off with the concussion, but he caught four from four for 37 yards and a long of 14 on the day. So well done to Pat Freemuth. Well and look, if we're gonna score the 30 points required um potentially to beat KC, uh, you know, whenever we're going to play them, whether it's, you know, what we call Boxing Day or afterwards, he he is going to need to be, you know, he's a key contributor for that, and we really need him to get out of the concussion protocol. Uh, He drove home from the game, so hopefully he's, you know, you know, able to get through that protocol quite easily, um, you know, and, and it would be an advantage, I think, for us to have him back, even though, you know, if the if, end if the game had to be delayed as a result. I know they've activated Kevin Dotson in the past 24 hours to me recording the podcast. Um, but then, a- again, you know, Kelsey and, and, and Hill, Tyreek Hill, are both on the COVID list for Kansas City. So that could be really helpful, um, you know, f- from our perspective. But anyway, so that, that was Najee and, and Pat Freemuth. And then you look at the defensive side of the football, Derek uh, Tutska, you know, one sack, well done to him on the day. It's an awesome milestone to have uh, three tackles, one solo, two assists uh, there. You had Isaiah Lautermilk with four tackles on the day, you know, great contribution from him. One of his best games so far as a Pittsburgh Steeler. And he is a rookie. Trey Norwood found, you know, how to tackle there as well uh, from his perspective, but, you know, the offensive line, I think Kendrick Green was a bit better this week. Um, You know, I think, I think Dan Moore did an all right job. I do have to go back and watch more of the game again. I haven't had my chance to do that. I usually do get to do that before this show, but I, I have had a, a real look at the highlights again. Um I always do it before Mark and my show, particularly, um, you know, every week or at least to try to get to the first half each time. So, uh but, look, 100% of the snaps for Chukes um, – sorry, not Chukes, but he did have 100%. But for Dan Moore there um, and Kendrick Green, obviously, the glue on the line had a tough day at the office at tackle um, and and guard, and I think that put a lot of pressure everywhere else um, as well. I don't think he played at tackle. I think it's preferable reference have him listed as a backup tackle, which is why he's got a team next to his name, not a, not a guard, if you know, anyone else is looking at that too. Um, from that perspective – you know, Freeman's played 45% of the snaps uh, there. So, you know, again, would he have played more like 85, 90? It depends when you when you think about that injury and how they've used tight ends. I think he had 75% the week before. Um, so interesting from that perspective. On the defensive side of the football, you know, Loudermilk, you know, played 30% of the snaps. So he almost got a third in there, which I think is pretty good when you're in his position. And we're going to be talking about, um, you know, him a little bit there later on in this show as well. Uh, From that perspective, big press had an interesting day. We're going to talk about him uh, as well on the season so far. Uh, Pretty interesting from where he's sitting at things, but he didn't have, didn't have the best day at the office, uh, you know, in this Sunday game. And, copped a little bit of criticism. I think Jeff was calling him, um, you know, small press and, and bad was calling him B press uh, but he had five punts on the day for 199 yards, an average of 39.8, long of 51. He had a really short one. I think it was 27 yards was the short one. Uh, so not not great from him there. So what I wanted to do next was talk a little bit about Pat Freemuth. So Pat, and, and I just it's some measurement against some of the other tight ends around the league. Um, you know, and and where Pat's sitting. And so Pat Friermuth right now has played 14 games. He started in nine of them. His yards per reception on the season right now is 8.26. So yards per reception on the season is 8.26. He's caught 49 from 64 for 422 yards, 7 TDs, um, 28 first downs, and a catch rate of 76.67%. And so you're sitting there. And I don't want to rattle off the, the numbers for all these other competitors, but I sort of mentioned him against a few other either big-name tight ends or tight ends in the AFC that have been particularly notable uh, that the Steelers have played this season. So they were Mark Andrews, who he got compared to by Kevin Bayard in the lead-up to the tight in this game, Jared Cook, Rob Gronkowski, George Kittle, um, and, and CJ Uzmoa. Um, as well. There's no point comparing to Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts plays a lot more like a wide receiver. Um, you know, so when I looked at some of these players, you know, and some might say it with Kittle as well, but I think Kittle does a lot more blocking and you think about that with the run game um, that the 49ers have. So when I, I measured them all against uh, receptions, TDs, yards and yards per reception. So Mark Andrews is was first uh, for receptions. Uh, George Kittle was second. Pat was third, Jared Cook was fourth and CJ was Moer was fifth. Now the reason I chose CJ as Moer on this list, you might as well say the other names I can understand, um, you know, but why CJ was Moer. And the reason CJ was Moer is because going that halfway through the season, he had five TDs as well when Pat had four and he was having a sneaky good season. And he's a key part. Um, I think of the Bengals offense in a lot of games. So that's why I included him on this list uh, just for any questions that are asked there. So, that was that was a reception reception side of things. Then from touchdowns, Mark Andrews first. Um, He has got 10 on the season. Pat Fremuth second. uh, Rob Gronkowski and George Kittle tied for third. CJ Ismole fourth and Jared Cook fifth. Yardage, Mark Andrews first. George Kittle second. Rob Gronkowski third. Ismole and Jared Cook are tied at fourth, which I found really interesting. And then I think they're about 450 yards or so. And then Pat Fremuth. Um, came in at, at fifth there when you've got a tie for tie for fourth. That's not too, too too bad when you consider all the other things that we talked about. The Steelers' offense going off injured with concussions in games, being behind Ben Roethlisberger with Ben Roethlisberger in this offensive line, being the rookie in the group. Uh, you know, let's take that with a grain of salt. Then yards per reception. Uh, third for Mark Andrews fourth for Jared Cook second for Rob Gronkowski first for George Kittle who's had some breakout you know games after coming back from injury fifth CJ Uzmola, and then sixth Pat Freemuth. So there's room for him to improve there. But then again, you take that with a grain of salt. You think about the like, you know, the play action passes, the, the deep seam routes that Mark Andrews has been set up with at times, you know, you think about Jared Cook with with, with Herbert there as a the quarterback. And this is the other factor. You think about the quarterbacks I'm talking about here, right? Rob Gonkowski with Tom Brady there, who he's known and knows how to get him into play, you know, for years. Then you think about George Kittle as well. You know, and and the run game and the seam routes and the, and the sort of way that 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 Garoppolo is able to use, use him or that Lance, um, in the few games that he's played, I think he. There was only had one game where they were overlapped, but I think Trey Lance, um, the way he uses the way he uses the tight ends, or the way he the potential for there is is particularly high when he's one. I you know the best one of the best tight ends in the league, um, and then CJ Ismola, you'd expect to be a bit more there with you know Burrow using as a as a safety blanket. The other thing that I I didn't include Travis Kelsey on this list, because Kelsey was so far ahead of the way of these guys. And he had over a thousand yards now, it was a thousand and twenty-two there. And then he also had 14 TDs on the season. I'm pretty sure so far. So from my perspective, you know, and also he's he's currently the COVID list, but he's by far and away at the moment, the best player on the season um, so far, you know, at, at a tight end position, you know, in the NFL. And so comparing Pat as a rookie to him would be, would be silly. Yeah, that's right. I can confirm that he's definitely got, he's only got seven touchdowns on the season. So, so far, so it's equal to, um to Pat Freemuth. Uh They've both played 14 games. And then yeah, Travis Kelsey's 83 receptions, a 1,066 yards. So um, a bit close there from the touchdown perspective, but what I, what I basically want to do is just highlight where Pat's, where Pat Fremuth is sitting after all these games and, it just shows uh, for weeks after week after week, I've said he's going to be really really key down the stretch. He's really key, you know, in the years to come. This sort of proves that he he can be up there with the right quarterback, with the right offensive line. I'm not saying Ben's the wrong quarterback, but, you know, with more experience under his belt, with 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 time, with him getting bigger, with him not missing any time for concussions, you know, Pat Freemath can be a massive, massive contributor to this team for a very long time. And that's not a shock to anyone, but I just thought it'd be cool to um really understand, you know, where he was sitting, you know, so far when it comes to some of these other, you know, tight end leaders. The next player I wanted to do a bit of a spotlight on uh was Depress, uh Presley Harvin the third. Now, look, I think people are gonna be measured on him as well. Uh, you know, his father's obviously going through a very tough time um at the moment. So it is what it is, but I thought it'd be interesting. So he's on 62 punts on the season so far, which I believe is tied um, for six for six in the league. Jordan Berry's got 61, if that's any context. Uh, he is 10th in yards with 2,684. Uh his long is 64, uh, and yards per punt of 43.3. Now Cameron Johnston from Houston, which you'd expect with how many falls down, you know, three and ounce they'd go on or whatever. He's kicked for 3,500 yards, 3,514 yards of 75 um, punts. Michael Dixon, the Aussie uh, from the Seattle Seahawks has kicked uh, 70 punts at two uh, for 3,327 yards. And then you've also got there uh jordan berry as i said i thought i would just highlight what he's kicked he's kicked 200 2830 yards off his 61 punts so his, his average is a bit better than the big presses um but from fifth to eighth they're all in the 2800 so needless to say you know uh big press with a, with a bit, of a bit of good performance toward the end of the season uh can can definitely move up these rankings that's not bad for a rookie uh you know i know still still spent a six round on him but that ties him in for what is it three or four years um and then also you know we're not having to spend large amounts of cap on this position either you know in terms of the ratio of what you're paying a, a punter is always a lot less um but you're spending it in a, a less a lesser proportion of that so Get like you know, and Mike Tomlin in the press conference this week got asked about Big Press, and he basically said we expect him to step up to the adversity, regardless, regardless of whether that's on the field or not. It's it's actually really refreshing to hear a coach show a bit of faith in him. He's not shanking every punt, you know. It's different. It's not like the quarterback position where he's being left to you know hang out to dry. Um, he'll get better. I think he's great down the stretch. He has kicked some awesome ones for us and put us in good good positions. I, I think it was the Vikings or the Chargers game that he did that particularly great one, you know, two yards out. So, you know, have a bit more confidence in deep press. Um, I'm calling on that this week because he's probably got some people feeling a bit depressed, and that's more a joke on them. Um, but you know, he can he can come back, and it, I think it's terrific, you know, first season in the NFL so far for for Presley Harvin the third. So the next player we're going to look at is Najee Harris. Uh, 249 rush rush attempts on the season so far, 891 yards total for 3.6 average, 50 first downs, 6 TDs, averaging 63.6 yards per game, um, averaging 17.8 attempts rushing per game, 18 broken tackles on the season so far. Uh, They're 62 from 80 in terms of receptions for 405 yards, 19 first downs, Provides Ben with a quarterback rating of 100.3 when targeted three TDs. Pretty terrific performance so far from Najee Harris. I mean, I think we're going to see him finish with probably about 1100 um, rush yards, hopefully more. But that's that's where he could finish there with another 210 on the season. Um, you know, and probably around that 600 mark for receptions. 1700 or so yards in your first NFL season is nothing to turn a blind eye to, particularly against a very young inconsistent, um fresh O line that's you know really missing a few guys. But again, I thought I'd I'd sort of rank him um, against some other key running backs in this league namely you know in the afc um and then i thought i'd throw in james connor there because you know everyone wants to keep going on about james connor and i think i saw today you know the pro bowl as well through twitter i've not a chance to double check that on the site the nfl.com um, you know so i ranked him against nick chubb james connor austin Eckler, damian harris and joe nixon uh damian harris i'm interested in because i think that the way the patriots use their running backs um you know is, is quite interesting and in it whilst he's their lead, I would say in their running backs as well, they do like to use a few guys. So they're just the guys I compared and, and, and the Patriots have done well down the stretch so far at club. We've obviously played Joe Mixon's in undivision. So is Chubb who's struggled the last few or four weeks to the point, even his madam rating went down. I found out today, um, but let's look at it. So, uh, Najee is third in terms of yards. Um, actually, I should also say Nick Chubbs played 11 games, Damien Harris 12 games, James Conner 14 games, Austin Eckler 14 games, Joe Mixon 14 games uh, there from from that perspective. So that, that's just the key one uh, to, to, to put in at the start to sort of quantify the the numbers in terms of, that they've been able to get their performance over. And then Najee, of course, has had 14 games too. So yards, uh, Nick Chubb second with 1,017. James Conner sixth with 700. Austin was fourth with 789. Damian Harris is fifth with 754. And Joe Mixon is first with 1,094 yards. TDs. Uh, so you've got Nick Chubb. At fifth with seven, James Conner first with 14. Uh Austin Eckler, 10 uh touchdowns for third, Damon Harris nine touchdowns for fourth. Joe Mixon second uh there with 12. Najee has is sixth uh there, you know, in terms of his his touchdowns. Uh so you know that's that I mean he's a rookie, um, he's not playing behind the best line. Then we look at uh average. Uh, So Nick Chubb has the highest average with 5.4 yards. Uh, Then you've got uh, James Conner is fourth with 3.7. Austin Eckler is second with 4.6. Damian Harris is equal to second with 4.6. Joe Mixon is third with 4.2. And then you've got Najee there um, in fifth uh, with 3.6. So he's almost ahead of James Conner. Uh, you know, and, and they're a little bit off the pack from the other guys as well. And you would have hoped that Nashi could have averaged about four. Let's not say he can't by the end of the season, but he's going to have to have a really strong finish and some big runs like Mark asked in his Merry Christmas Steeler podcast uh, for, for, for a 50-yard breakaway run. Then if you look at receptions, I thought that was interesting to measure how these running backs are used in the passing game. Nick Chubb has 16. That's no surprise given the smaller games. And also he's more of a traditional, you know, power back. Um, James Conner is third with 31. Austin Eckler is first with 62. Damien Harris is fourth with 16. Joe Mixon is third with 29. Uh, you know, so when you look at that, Najee, uh, you know, he has 62 as well. Um, so he's tied there for first Um you know, with with Eckler. Then you look at the yardage on the season so far. Uh, You know, Nick Chubb is 114, which is fifth. For receiving yards: James Conner three hundred and thirty-four for third. First is Auckland Austin Eckler with five hundred and fifty-eight. Uh, then you've got six is Damien Harris with eighty-four. Fourth, Joe Mixon two hundred and four, and then Najee second there uh, with four hundred and five yards, which is pretty cool from that perspective. That dual threat, um, and then TDs: uh, Nick Chubb is fourth with one TD. James Conner is third. Uh, with two in the receiving game. And you've got Austin Eckler with seven, that's first. Uh, Then you've got um, Damian Harris there with third with two. Joe Mixon has none. And then uh, Najee has three receiving touchdowns so far in the season, and that's, you know, equal equal second uh, from that perspective. Um, sorry, not equal second, that's second, so right, because there were two-thirds. So that gives you a sense of where Najee um, is sitting uh, from the offensive side of the football when it comes to the rush game uh, and where he's sitting against some competitors. So that's it for part one. I know it's a very long part one. Join me for part two. I'm going to look at a couple of quick things to note about two defensive players there, um, and then on the rookies, and then we're going to look at the KC rookies, and then I'm going to try and get to some college players. And with that, that wraps up the usual parts of the show that we do with the Rookie Rooms. I know the show's going quite a while, so uh, we're going to keep it quite short. Um, I'm going to only preview one player from the college side because I know it's Christmas. I know people have got less time. want to keep it within 40 minutes or so um, there. But that's uh, the Georgia Bulldogs' is Devontae Wyatt, uh, defensive tackle. I think the Steelers need some depth there. I know, you know, uh, my BTSC colleague on the on the written side of things, Andrew Wilbur, who does a lot of draft and college players stuff, and he's he really good stuff. So you make sure you check him out. Um, he's talked about Jordan Davis um, on that team. But I wanted to talk about the other guy, uh, Devontae Wyatt. Um, who's, who's played four years now uh you know in terms of 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 college football, uh 46 total tackles so far, uh 12, 12 of those are for a loss. Um sorry, that's 46 solo, 62 assists for 108 tackles overall in his career, three pass defense, one one force fumble, sorry, two force fumbles, one fumble recovery. Um, you know, in terms of force fumbles on the season so far uh in the SEC, he ranked number three um uh, with with those two. So Pretty terrific um, overall, you know, for him right now. He's according to Pro Football Network. uh, I do like what their their draft stuff. They have him as listed as the fourth, uh, you know, top defensive top 10 defensive tackle for the draft as of their October 28th article you know and there's a few other guys in this list that I, that I sort of looked at but I like him because I feel like he's a guy that will be available in the third when I think the Steelers could pick one I think the Steelers need to go o lineman, um, you know or, or quarterback potentially um, in the first but I'd, I'd prefer to see a, you know them trade up and go early in the second for a quarterback um, but I think they need to go O-line then um cornerback is obviously a key position quarterback. And then I think it is a defensive lineman. I really do. Um, you know, they will need replacement wide receiver if they can do that in the third or the fourth. Um, but even if, you know, he might fall through the draft process. But I, I see them more likely to get a Devontae Wyatt than getting a Jordan Davis um from that perspective, even if it's beat best player available. Um that people think that they should be doing. But that's what he's done in college um, so far, according to you know the sports reference, which is pro football references version of, the, of college football um, from that perspective. But I wanted to have a look at his uh, PFF numbers as well uh, on the season so far. Um, so, at Clemson, he had a defensive PFF grade of seventy-five um, in that game. In game one, uh, rush to def- run defense was sixty-eight. Tackling was seventy-point-two. Pass rush was seventy-two. Against Carolina in week three, um, you know seventy-eight was his grade overall. Uh, run defense seventy-six. Tackle seventy-two. Pass rush sixty-six. He had a bad game against Vanderbilt. Everything was in the below sixty fives. He had a great bounce back game against Arkansas with a defensive grade of ninety point four, run run defense grade of eighty point one point seven, tackling grade of seventy five point six, pass rush defense grade of eighty one point seven. Then he then he had a tough game against Auburn where and and Kentucky where everything. Um, was below 75, but in almost all ratings, he was below 67. Uh, so you sort of, and I don't need to read every individual one out for you. Um, so if you're driving right now, you might go to sleep um, and have, a, have an accident. We don't want that. Um, but needless to say, he had two tough games. Then he came back against Florida and Missouri and picked, Missouri and picked it up again. He had an awesome game. Um, so all of those numbers were pretty much around the 75 mark. And then against Tennessee, uh, he came back with a, a defensive grade of 91.9 run defense grade Grade of 83.2, tackling of 76.3, pass rush of 90, you know, point four there. Uh, so pretty cool there. You know, and then that came uh with no sacks. Um, he's had four sacks in the season so far. So just put that in perspective. Uh, had a decent game then against Charles Southern, came back against um, Georgia Tech, had an okay game, and then against Alabama, um, run defense grade of 72.6. Uh, Then he had, sorry, defensive grade is 72.6. Run defense grade is 49.7. Tackle grade 28.3. Pass rush, you know, 59.1. And coverage grade of 68. So his coverage wasn't too bad. His overall defensive grade on the season so far is 89.7. His run defensive grade overall in the season is 78.1. His tackle grade is 68.8. And his pass rush is 84.4. This is why I think it's interesting, you know, for him because he's got the four sacks. He's got a really high defensive grade overall. He's got a high pass rush, and I think you see that from the Steelers' defensive tackles and interior defensive linemen. They want them to have pass rush. He doesn't miss a lot of tackles either. He's missed 97 on the season so far. Um, sorry, he's 9.7% for three tackles missed overall in the season so far. You know, he is a you know, big bopper. At three hundred and fifteen pounds, six foot three, so he's over that three hundred pound mark that you want. So he's slightly bigger than Javon Hargrave when he entered the league, I think, as well. Um, at the 6'3", mark too, because I think Javon Hargrave is six one and a little bit or six two. Um, from that perspective, he's had sixteen four, sixteen quarterback hurries in the season so far. Two hits, um, two you know batted passes um, as well yeah i just think it's a really interesting sort of position for him his season grades as well it's his highest this year and that's obviously due to george's um great defense but his defensive grade has always has been 76.3 in his rookie year um 75 point, sorry, 77, 76.3 rookie year 77.2 in 2019 and 72.9 in 2020 but he played a lot less um snaps Obviously, he's played fourteen hundred eight snaps in his career so far. Uh, you know, the most of those is, is you know he's played three hundred and forty two this season. Um, you know, one hundred and thirty five run defense, two hundred and five pass rush, two coverage. That's how he gets his sixty eight grade there. Um, from that perspective, he's only had one penalty against him as well. Uh, so you know that that's pretty cool from that perspective. He's had seven sacks in his career so far in college football, nine quarterback hits, 69 hurries um, as well, 65 tackles overall. He misses less than 7% of his tackles um, there, you know, so I think that that's really, really important. Um, two forced fumbles came this season in his career. He's a guy that I could just uh, – he's just sort of a guy that still as drafting. Top school, SEC, makes the tackles a lot of people are going to go after Jordan Davis. They're going to forget the guy next to him. It just reminds me of like a Kevin Dotson and Robert Hunt um, situation where Robert Hunt was drafted to buy Miami to play tackle. I think they moved him into guard now um, out of, you know, UL Lafayette, um, Louisiana Lafayette. And, And he's just a guy I see. I feel like he fits the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's the right height. He's the right weight. He's a good school. Um, You know, consistency something he needs to fix. Equally, he's going to have to really show up in the draft process um, and combines and stuff like that. But he's a guy I, I could see. On this Pittsburgh Steelers defensive um, front, he's a guy that I think would easily get ahead of uh, of Bugs, and I would hope we could be able to get ahead of um, you know only there. There is a guy we can build around if Oliver. What if Oliver doesn't come back? People have been talking about that, but Oliver doesn't necessarily have to come back. I think he's thirty five next year, um, so no nothing to say. He's definitely coming back. But that's Devonte White. Next week, I'm going to look at a couple more players, including including Colby Harvell, Peel, who I wanted to preview this week. But I just wanted to say to everyone, this is going to go live on your Thursday. Have a very Merry Christmas, a safe new year. I'll be coming to you live again, um, both on TDU and also be coming to you through War Room as well before the new year. But have a very safe and Merry Christmas. Relax. Go (laughs) Stealers.